Play activates the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest, and that um, improves our circulation. It lowers our blood pressure. It improves creativity, prevents stress. It helps us be more resilient. It grows our brain. And there are studies to prove this. It adds to our lifespan. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to another Focus Fridays episode. We're Emma and Finn, and these Focus Friday episodes are topic-specific rather than uh, documenting someone's journey through non-monogamy. But today, we are super excited to be talking to Gary Ware all about the power of play. Yeah, Gary is a strategic play consultant, which is a real thing. And he has a company that he founded called Breakthrough Play. And his goal is to help people improve their businesses, relationships, and life through the power of play. And we met Gary a few years ago at a conference, and he is absolutely incredible. We know you're going to love this conversation with him. But yeah, we're talking about that. How do we use play, laughter, fun to deepen our relationships with with our partners with our spouses or with anybody in our lives and like what what are the benefits of that and then yeah how how do we do that and so we're super excited about this conversation uh anytime we get a chance to talk to gary it's a treat and so we're we're pumped to bring this to you yeah and we just wanted to note too this episode is uh, about relationships in general. This is not specifically about non-monogamy. And in fact, Gary is in a monogamous relationship himself, but we love this conversation and think it's so applicable to everyone out there. Yeah. So we're going to jump in here shortly, but before we do, we have a couple of really exciting play-related announcements. So tonight, if you listen to this and you're like, damn, I want to have some fun. I want to play some games. Well, you're in luck. We have virtual trivia tonight hosted by uh, the bar trivia company Sporkle. And we did this a couple of months ago and it was fantastic. Everybody had a blast. We had a blast. So we brought it back. And so that will be tonight. Uh, I almost said February 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong month. Living in the past. It is April 22nd, and the trivia is to this evening. And so we are super excited about that. All of the information and how you can sign up is on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And you click on the community events tab, and we, you will find the virtual events there. Right. We also have a virtual meet and greet that's tomorrow night, Saturday, April 23rd. And we'd love to have you come join us as well. To join these events, we require that you are open minded and respectful. But but that's it. So come join us. We'd love to see you and meet you. You don't even have to be non-monogamous. You no, just got to love to have fun. And you'll be open-minded. That's true. And if you miss these events, don't worry. We will have more events coming up. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, that was a long time ago, then just go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the community events tab to see the current events that are happening. Yes. And one more thing before we jump in is a huge shout out to our Patreon community, all of the 200 plus supporters there. Uh, 
you all make our lives wonderful. So thank you for that. If you're looking for a community, other supportive, awesome, hey, and playful people, mm-hmm. go ahead and check it out. We have monthly Q&As. We also do a men's group and a women's group. And we have an ongoing chat community that uh, people show up and support each other all day, every day. And so uh, if community is what you're looking for, uh, give it a go. We also wanted to remind you to go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the Contact Us button and send us a voicemail, send us an email. We would love to hear from you if you want to come on our podcast, if you want to just give us feedback. We'd love to hear also what you think of this episode. So go do that and... Tell us how you play. Tell us what what games you've introduced into your yeah, relationship. Yeah, if you have ideas about what you, like, what you love about your relationship and play in your relationships, Tell them to us. We love that information. Yes. So with that, we're going to jump into the interview and we will see everybody on the other side. Enjoy. Let's go. Welcome, Gary, to the show. We're excited to talk to you today all about play. And we'll get into that in a minute. But first off, we met you back in 2019 at the World Domination Summit. It feels like forever ago now. That was one whole pandemic ago. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) but you were you were leading workshops there and uh we we met you finn actually attended your workshop and we stayed in touch and are so excited to talk to you today so thank you for being here i am so happy to be here uh thank you so much uh emma and finn um but yeah it's it's awesome i'm and you're right it's a whole pandemic ago wow right (laughs) <laughs> Crazy, right? Feels like another world. <laughs> so so you and your professional life are a strategic play consultant. So we'd love to understand more what that is for anybody who isn't as hip as we are and already knows what that is. And then just a little bit about your background and who you are. And then we're going to just talk about play and how play and laughter really can just fuel your relationships in life. I love it. So yes, my name is Gary Ware. I am a strategic play consultant. And for those of you who are scratching your head, like, what does that mean? Basically, I help individuals and I help teams use the power of play to help them be more confident, more creative, collaborate better. And at the end of the day, bring that spark, uh, that childlike wonder back into their lives because we all need it so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. And we did, we did a virtual event with you a couple of about like a month and a half or two ago. And we had like 30 some people like doing all sorts of wild and crazy stuff on zoom. And like, I don't know, we got awesome feedback and we're excited to hopefully do another one of those. And we, <laughs> and we did a, an event in Balboa park with you as well with in person with a whole bunch of people playing games in the park. So yeah, your work is amazing. And we're excited to dig into like how we can apply that to relationships. So thank you again for being here. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Yeah. And, and yeah, let, let's, let's dive on in. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Well, first, maybe like before we get into the, the relationships with other people, like how, how do you feel like play has impacted your life and sort of improved your, just your relationship with yourself? Yes. So play is one of those things that as adults, we take for granted, you know, somewhere, somehow someone way back when was like, no, no play is just for kids and it's not for adults. And, and we, you know, as you know, trying to fit in and, and be the best version of ourselves, we, we sort of felt shame and we, we put it aside 
uh, myself included. And it wasn't until I really started, you know, realizing that, you know what, life is so dull without like embracing a playful spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I still went on vacations and I still did all of those things, but I felt like it was a uh, compartment. It was like, all right, this is work, Gary. And I have to be very serious and I have to talk like this and blah, blah, blah. And then there is like non-work Gary. And that's where I felt like I was really allowing my true self to come out. And so once I took an improv class like 10 plus years ago, um, I started to rediscover that playful spirit in me. And that's when it started to awake. And I started bringing these playful endeavors, these playful um, interventions into every asset of my life that I could. And regarding relationships, um, I know that when I am allowing myself to be playful, uh, I'm allowing myself to be seen as my true self, like plays a very vulnerable state. Um, and another thing I want to, you know, address, you know, giving the title, uh, and the nature of this podcast, um, I personally am in a monogamous relationship. And mm-hmm. I am an advocate, uh, an ally for people who, um, you know, explore all kinds of uh, relationships. Um, I've, you know, I know some, uh, and and I'm always <laughs> opening, uh, open to learning more, and and I find it uh, so awesome. And again, this is where play comes in, and we'll, we'll, I know we're going to talk about more about this, but just allowing yourself to just be your true self, whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things I remember at the start of the the virtual event and 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 even the in-person one, like one of the sort of the key pillars is like be open to making mistakes. And I think like it's really hard to explore and find new ways to do things in life if you're if you're not open to making mistakes, if you're just afraid that you're gonna mess up and when you mess up, it's the end of the world. But like, I think through, honestly, through like the workshops I've done with you, like you see that like, you're going to goof up and people are going to laugh and then they're going to goof up and people are going to laugh and like, everyone's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, it gets to that. Like you said, the vulnerable state, like it is play is a vulnerable, vulnerable place to be because you, you are making mistakes. You are just being silly. You are showing that side of yourself. That's not prim and proper or whatever it is. So I, it is a vulnerable place to be. Yeah. And, but the beauty of that is that, especially through the work of Brene Brown, exposing that vulnerability is the key to intimacy. <laughs> when mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, when we allow ourselves to take off that armor that is trying to protect ourselves, then we can be seen for who we really are. And when individuals come together and do that, play is one of the fastest way to do that, then you start to have psychological safety. And when you have psychological safety, just like what you said, you can make a mistake. You can address when mistakes are happening and you don't have this fear that you're going to be shamed for it. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's amazing. And, and again, sorry, just to, before we jump into like the interrelational pieces of it, what are some of the like health benefits of like, Maybe that just you've seen for yourself, like you said, like for a while you were just like life is dull. And I, I imagine you didn't graduate with a degree in strategic play consultant. So like there was a <laughs> shift for you somewhere along the way of like, w- like what did those when you started introducing this, like the health benefits you saw for yourself and that you've seen for other people, like 
as they've like let this come alive inside of them. Yes. Well, one of the biggest benefits is that it reduces blood pressure. Uh, we have various states, um, and when we so when we're in the uh, sympathetic nervous system, um, when that's activated, that's our fight, flight, or freeze response. That is only meant to be active for a short period of time. It's meant to address some sort of dangerous situation, deal with it, and then go into the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest. However, in today's day and age, the things that stress us out aren't necessarily physical. They're not in our sort of state right now. We're not, you know, in it. Um, you know, for the most part, most people aren't in danger. There isn't something that is, you know, about to attack you or something like that. Um, however, the way that the brains respond to the things that stress us, stress us out is exactly the same. If you were to put mm-hmm. like an EKG machine on our head and introduce us to, I don't know, some things like your battery's about to die on your phone and you're in your car, you know, your brain will light up as if you were being chased by a wild animal. The fact that, uh oh, you have, you know, 100 unread emails. One of them may be your boss or, you know, whatever the case may be. It, it, and, but the problem is these things don't go away very quickly. So we're in this constant stress cycle. Play activates the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest. And that, um, improves our circulation. It lowers our blood pressure. It improves creativity, prevents stress. It helps us be more resilient. It grows our brain. It, uh, and there are studies to prove this, it adds to our lifespan. There is a number of TED Talks about the areas of the world where uh, they're called the blue zones that live mm-hmm. the longest. And those people, they have active play in their life. It is part of what they do on a day-to-day basis. Um, I, again, the list can go on and on, but this is the thing. You know, I, I can talk to you about this till I'm blue in the face. The challenge is, you know, you can hear this. You're like, wow, that is awesome. Listen to all those benefits of play. And you might be a little bit, you know, curious about like, all right, how do I tap into that? You know, especially if I want to improve my relationship, um, you know, in these other sort of situations. However, because of conditioning, you may not allow yourself to truly be playful. And, and we can, we can discuss that. And I have some really cool interventions on how you can sort of ease on into it, but yeah, there's so many benefits, health benefits to play. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, and then how about like when we then bring in the relational aspect, like we talked about for me personally, what's the benefit, but like, what's the benefit for Emma and me, if we're going to bring play into into our relationship? Yes. Well, it improves trust. It improves collaboration. It allows each partner to listen better and deeper. Um, I can keep going, <laughs> but you know, it, you know um, and, and as a couple, like it, it creates these new neural pathways, um, you know, new experiences that will allow you to, you know, look back on things and say, wow, you know, um, I call them peak, peak emotional experiences where, mm-hmm. you know, you are looking back on that. And you're like, you remember that time when we did X, Y, and Z? Yeah, that was great. You know, it, it, 
you know, it, it's that sort of spice, you know, that, that we need to, you know, be interested and interesting. Fun fact, playful people appear more sexier than non-playful mm-hmm. people. There, there's something. Yeah. Is that a is that a, sci- a scientific? Yeah, that, is a scientific right. fact, uh, that, uh, that is a scientific fact, and and I don't know why that is. I if I were to take a guess, it's something about when you are playing because it's a very vulnerable experience. You your body is producing endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, um, and oxytocin. Those are all the neurochemicals that. Keep, let us thrive. And when you are in a peak emotional experience and your brain is experiencing pleasure, it's going to remember everything that happened. And you're going to associate that with the people that were there. You're like, oh yeah, that was great. And it's an unconscious thing that happens. That's why people start to grow and improve their relationships. Because I, I like to say couples that play together, stay together. That's that's one of the things that um, I like to say. So, um, yeah. So if you are experiencing, you know, a state of pleasure and then you're with people, those people are going to appear to be more attractive because of that, because mm-hmm. they're in that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Actually it reminds me of, I can't remember exactly where I saw this. It was some, some TV show, I think where they were talking about, or maybe it was an article online about how to, like sort of hack a first date. Like if you want to like increase your chances of like having a really good first date where the person remembers you and maybe even falls for you, like do something brand new that's outside of the box that they've never done before because. And maybe even you haven't done. Yeah. That you haven't done. Right. So then all of those chemicals are firing. All of those things are happening. And like the example they gave was like, you know, they went for a first date and they like got a rickshaw ride like around some city and like neither of them had ever done it. It wasn't anything crazy, but like it was new and it was new enough that like the two of them like were like, hey, this is a new thing that neither of us have ever done. And now we share that together. And like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, straight up that that's what needs to happen. And if I can dive a little bit deeper into that on the neuroscience on, on why that works is that once you've done something, the next time you do something similar, your brain is going to use less processing power because your brain's number one job is to keep you alive. (laughs) That's your brain's job. And uh, once you create that neural pathway, once you create that groove in the brain, your brain's like, all right, cool. It's, we have it in memory. So I don't have to use a lot of like sort of processing power to do this again. And then when you, and that's for anything, like whether it's responses or whether it's actions that you do uh, question, this is for, for both of you and for you listening. Do you know with a hundred percent certainty, which foot you put on first when you're pulling, putting on your pants? Huh? I have a, I have a pretty solid guess, but I don't know for yeah, sure. A guess, but I don't know for which sure. Which one? Either. Which one? I'm I'm just curious. I believe I go left leg first. I believe I go right leg okay. first. Cool, but you really have to think about that, right? And 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 yeah. even now you're just like, I don't know. But you, well, I, I don't know because of the pandemic. I, I but pre-pandemic we probably put on some form of pants or something like that, uh, pretty frequently. However, because it's something that we do regularly, we don't have to engage our brain the way that we were the first time. Again, we can all remember what it was like trying to learn how to drive. That takes a lot of brain uh, processing power. And now, you know, if you've driven and you're a little bit more comfortable to it, you can drive and probably, you know, 
experience a situation where you're like, oh crap, we're here. How did we get here so fast? Again, your unconscious brain has control and is, is, you know, taking, you know, is driving you. You're just sort of like in this, uh, sort of Zen like state, uh, almost a hypnotic state of just like, la la la. And so getting to my point when you, uh, so because of that, like, that's why, Con- uh, conversation starters of how are you and stuff like that. Someone will answer, but it's not going to spark the same things in the brain. You do something right. different. The brain, because the brain's job is to keep you alive. It's like, Ooh, this is new. Bing, bing, bing. All the lights come on. And especially if it's something pleasurable. Um, and I'll add another thing too. This is where, again, the vulnerability comes out. But even if you are getting outside your comfort zone a little bit, that also adds to it. And, when you think back on what you did on, you know, Saturday, uh, you know, March 5th, and it was something like that, you're like, oh, yeah, March 5th. Yeah, that's when we went on this amazing date. We did X, Y, and Z. And again, it doesn't have to be super complex. But yeah, what are the things that we don't normally do? How can you do that? And or what if you could do something that you would normally do and put a cool spin on it so that it appears new? And as a result, you are going to be more memorable. You're going to be more, um, you're going to, again, appear more awesome. And I like to think because you're doing that, you're being playful as a result. Yeah, Yeah, we had some friends tell us recently that they went on a date uh, and they've been together for quite some time. And they, but they changed up their normal date routine from just like going to a restaurant, but they went to a restaurant But before that, they went to Goodwill and bought clothes for each other. Like, they each picked out outfits for each other. And then they went and changed into those outfits and then went out to dinner. So they bought, like, these ridiculous things that each other had to wear. And they changed up their normal, quote-unquote, normal date into something more memorable because they were having fun. They were playing with that, with the dress and the, yeah, just having fun with a date in a different way. Yeah. Again, it's just one little element. One, because you're being playful, you are being creative, and it's going to be more memorable. And mm-hmm. I I will bet that you had more fun. So, yeah, the, yes, totally get it. Yeah. And the more you do that, the more creative you get to keep going. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> yeah. More, the more that you're going to get out of these relationships and the more mm-hmm. intimate, and when I mean intimate, like, you know, closer um, that you that you're going to be. And one of the other benefits of play as it pertains to relationships is uh, empathy. It increases our ability to be empathetic and understanding. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense too. You know, you, you mentioned that we all, some people, but I imagine it's pretty common, have a lot of conditioning that makes this really hard for them to, to do. Uh, I want to circle back there and kind of talk about recommendations you have to work through that conditioning. Well, the first thing is to just acknowledge that. And when we talked about being open, being open that there is a new way or a different way of seeing things. Um, Because, uh, again, for as long as I can remember, my dad always said, son, you can only play when the work is done. You can only play when the work is done, son. Is your work done? You can't play. Is your work done? You can't. And then... I also, so that's one voice that I'm over and over again for years. And then another one is, you know, teachers sit down. You need to act this way. 
you know, that's not appropriate behavior. That's not appropriate behavior. Your brain is just hearing that's not appropriate behavior. And you start starting to associate all these things. And then you do anything like mildly, mildly entertaining or something like that. Again, that voice, that's not appropriate behavior. And then again, your brain's job is to keep you alive. One of our biggest core fears is the fear of being left out and forgotten. And so your brain is like, hey, you do that weird thing, they're not going to like you. And if they don't like you, then the next person is not going to like you. And you, next thing you know it, you're going to be all by yourself. And I, I, I'm joking around, but like, again, these are the things that our brains do in the background. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, you like, mm, no, mm, no. And so right, that doesn't, that doesn't feel safe. Cause that doesn't feel exactly. smart. Cause that, yeah. you don't feel safe. And so you're not going to do, and who would like, again, that's, that's very intelligent. Like, again, if we're trying to stay alive, but see, this is the thing. Our anxieties aren't always telling us the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, if my mom, if you're, if you're listening to this, you know, I, I love you, but you know that you're, you're just trying to keep me safe. And some of the things you say aren't, don't really make sense. But so as your brain's job of trying to keep you alive, it's going to say some stuff and it may not necessarily be a hundred percent true. And so this is where the awareness comes in of like realizing, because when I'm working with people, sometimes they don't even realize they're doing that. It's happening on an unconscious level. They just, they just one day realize like, man, life is just so dull right now. It's just so small. Like that square around you is just tiny. And so, you know, then, you know, start asking him, like, when was the last time you did something outside your comfort zone? Hmm, I don't know. You know, what was the last time you allowed yourself to just be silly and laugh just for no reason? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> and, and then you start to realize, like, oh, crap. What happened? And, and then so having that awareness then. So this the next thing is. Once you start to realize like, oh, yeah, I'm not playing um, like I used to. All right. Well, how can we start to add more of that and do it in a tiny, in a little bit? Like I call these play experiments. Take the context. Do you have- uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for example, say, you know, since we're talking about relationships and, you know, maybe you think about your relationship and you're like, yeah, I'm not as playful. Maybe we were in the beginning, but not anymore. All right, just take an area of the relationship and think about, all right, what could I do that is maybe a little bit more spontaneous, um, a little bit more, um, I like to say goofy or silly or whatever, add whatever adjective you want. And how can I just do it at 2%? (laughs) And so like maybe listening to this, this podcast, you hear the thing about going to the goodwill and, and having partner, you know, choose an outfit that might be too much, but you like, you, you want to get there. All right. What if it's, um, your, you and your partner, uh, choose some, uh, small article of clothing. You don't have to go to the goodwill, but like the whole thing is they're wearing something different. And as a result of wearing something different, it sort of changes the, changes the vibe a little bit. Maybe you and your partner can, um, you know, choose which, um, uh, like undergarment you're wearing. So you only you two know about it. No one else mm-hmm. does. 
right. now you're you're adding that layer. Or maybe it's just, hey, I, I have a little, I have a pen, something different. Again, do it on a small layer, and then afterwards, like this is where it takes a lot of conscious processing to really think back. Did I die? Did people make fun of me? No, they didn't. Did I have fun? I really did have fun. Because this is the thing as it pertains to our emotions. The way that our brain works with positive emotions, it's almost like Teflon. As in, um, it you don't really remember them. Like You have to work to remember all the positive emotions. Negative emotions is like Velcro. Oh my gosh. You barely do anything that has like a negative reaction. You will remember it forever. So with these good experiences, you have to be more intentional to remind yourself, this was good, right? All right, cool. And then since you're on a roll, what's next? Yeah. Because you got to keep building those positive reinforcement and positive experiences so that you remember those more and build over time versus all of the negative talk and all the negative experiences. Yeah. What What are some like games that you can think of like mm-hmm. I, you do a lot of improv like games that maybe couples or or people in relationships can like introduce that you know who knows maybe it's even just you're cooking dinner right and you've got this little thing you do you like you don't necessarily have to like go to the closet and get out a huge twister mat and like set up twister in the living room but like some things that you can like sprinkle in throughout your day to like liven it up like you know the 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 goodwill example but if the, if there's even like other ideas you have that just to get people's creative juices. Yes. Flowing. Oh my gosh. All right. Let's let's break it down. You want to get you want to get your creative juices flowing. You want to be a little bit more playful. Let's let's start with a few things. So I'm the cool thing about play is that once you start really getting into this, you're going to think of way more ideas than me. But here's the thing. In order to really like come up with these ideas, you have to be in a playful state. The way that the brain works is that if you're in a fear state, if you're in any other like sort of state, like it's hard to be playful. Like, again, we've all been there, right? Those days that just are not the great days. And, and you hear the words, Oh man, just, just cheer up. And you want to just, no, you cheer up. You don't get it. I blah, 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 blah. Like again, your brain is like in a different state. And so, um, you know, so that's the first thing. Like, so, you know, just, you know, move about, do something and then, you know, start thinking like, all right, yeah, how can I make this playful? And so you, the first thing I heard you say was cooking. I love starting with that because most people have routines, you know, they have, uh, there was a research that, uh, followed people in their eating habits and they found that they, people aren't as, they don't have variety like they think they do. Like you may think you have variety in your meals. You don't. Let's just be honest. You don't. Um, and you probably. I don't eat. even pretend to think I do. No, we, no. <laughs> we literally are on like day six of eating the same meal because well, we're living in an Airbnb. So I have no. We're just, we just bought in bulk <laughs> and they're trying to eat it all this week. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's just be honest. Right. It, it is what it is. It's efficient. It is very efficient. And especially if you're trying to eat healthier is like, you know what? When you start to add stuff like that, then, you know, the chances of you doing that is slim to none. So totally get it. This is the cool thing. Every now and then, why don't you, you know, again, (laughs) pun intended, spice things up. One way that you can do that is, and this again is not for everyone. So like, if you hear something like, ah, it's not for me. All right, cool. Try something else. Um, But when it comes to um, a meal, 
uh, with you and your partner, maybe one partner picks an ingredient and then the next person has to create something around that ingredient. And then, yeah, you might eat the same thing that you normally do. But again, the fact that you are making this around an ingredient, it creates a game. And now you're playing with it. Or again, you know, what if dessert, you know, what, what, seriously, you know, why aren't you having dessert? And what if you just ate dessert first? Like, again, we have all this conditioning. Dessert has to be left. And I have to eat all of my food before I deserve dessert. No, you deserve dessert regardless. You don't have to prove yourself for dessert. Why don't you eat it first? Seriously, eat dessert first. If you want to. If you want yeah. to. Like, if that, like, again, <laughs> right? If you want to. I, I, right. <laughs> you must. You but must why not? Eat yeah, why first. not? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. If, if, if you want to, um, and fun thing, I, because I love dessert, I, one, love eating it first. It's almost like an appetizer because two, the meal, like this is eating out and stuff like that because the meal, you can take the meal home and you can warm it up. And I usually eat too much of the meal. And when it comes to dessert, my favorite thing, I'm like, oh, I'm too full. And then I force myself to eat it because I love dessert. And then I'm even more like stuff. I'm like, you know what? Let's, right. let's do so Anyways, that's just me being playful. Uh, but again, it's all about how can you get curious? When you start to tap into curiosity. So imagine this. Curiosity is a dial. Most people, their curiosity is stuck at one or off. <laughs> Uh, and anxiety is at a 10. These are things, if you think about things that are in your control, you can control how curious you are. That is something you can do. And the more curious you get, the other dial starts to go the other way. Um, and so you're like, oh, yeah, what could we do um, that it, as it pertains to cooking that is different, that um, allows us to do it in a different way? Easy, one of the easiest things, if you want to be playful, use your non-dominant hand. <laughs> yeah. Good point. It's going Just to, be careful if you're using a knife. <laughs> touche, touche, touche. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, but see, that's the thing. Like, when you use your non-dominant hand, it is extremely playful for a few reasons. One, you're not going to be good at it. <laughs> you're going to, it's going to invite a lot of mistakes um, and a lot of laughter is going to happen. And guess what? When you have that laughter and you know, both partners are are like into it, like it's going to create all of those neurochemicals that I talked about. And because you're being vulnerable, you're not being perfect. You're going to be closer. So again, that's, that's cooking. You know, another thing uh, as far as adding playful playfulness why don't we have more music just playing regardless? Yeah. One of the fastest way to create a mood or a vibe is music and sense like smells. Mm, mm-hmm. That is easy, easy, easy. We all have songs that we like. Um, I like in my house, um, I have the Apple home pods mm-hmm. and they're in just about every room. So I can go in that in that room. And I'm not going to say that word, but you know, that person's name who starts with S. <laughs> um, I could say, you know, play music that, you know, makes me happy or whatever, sure. you know, mm-hmm. sensual or whatever. Boom. Here we go. Now, now I'm getting into the mood. Um, yeah. Also, I have lots of air diffusers and bought 
all kinds of different essential oils. And uh, again, little experiments of like, like go through and smell it. It's like, Ooh, this reminds me of this. All right, cool. You want to create a vibe? Get some essential oils. Boom, boom, boom. Like now like we're in a forest. You're in your boring kitchen, but now, right. now you're like, you have the right soundtrack. You have some smells. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I was going to throw a couple of other Please. ideas out there. See, so, we're being stuff, stu- stuff that, stuff that we've kind of introduced in, in our, in our, in thinking about it, I think we need to do it more, but uh-huh. we often do it when we have like a group of people, but like, you know, with cook- cooking, right? Like, okay, well, chicken's got to be cooked to, I'm not, I'm not going to get into cooking theory, but I'm going to say 165 because that's what the USDA well, says. Well, no, that's safe. Yeah. No, we, we do not want anyone getting salmonella. Right. Let's not play. All right. With, <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. We'll we'll talk about that in a different podcast. The science behind cooking. The science behind cooking. That's a different episode. But so you got to cook chicken to 165. So you got your meat thermometer. So you can, so I don't want to like encourage gambling, but you can bet on it, right? Like, okay, what time do you think the chicken's going to hit 165? And I'm about to go check the chicken. What do you think it's at? Mm -hmm. Right. And everybody guesses. And then you, you come back and you're like, well, here's where the chicken's at. You and you and you were over, you were you win and hey the chicken was done at this time so you can just like make these little like betting fun bets Mm -hmm. with each other about like what's going to happen and when's it going to happen and how's it going to happen so those are those are some things that we've we've done on occasion and Mm -hmm. have a little bit of fun with ourselves so yes i love it i have i have one other to add (laughs) too and i haven't I haven't even told you yet that this Finn, because my other partner brought this up idea up to me. I don't know how it came up in a conversation the other day, um, but he suggested or he brought up egg boxing. Have you ever heard of this? Tell me. So what's egg boxing? <laughs> if you're cooking eggs, you take two eggs. He heard about it on some podcast, another podcast. So if you have two eggs and you're cooking them, like you to crack them, you put hit them against each other, and one of them breaks and one of them doesn't likely i mean i guess it's possible that they both break but one of them breaks the one that doesn't break is the winner of that round and then if you how depending how many cook eggs you're cooking you break how many you will have to do and like whoever's the one that keeps like is the winner that doesn't break then you can put that in the fridge until the next time you cook eggs and then try again and see how long that egg will keep winning uh and I thought it was so fun. It's such a simple idea. And uh, he even said that they tried it and um, he tried it with his other partner and they had this one egg that like lasted for quite some time. They even drew on it like number one winner on the, in the fridge and stuff and just like had fun with it. Yeah. Right. Again, it's so simple, but these, these are the things that kids think about like nobody's business. And us adults, we like, no, no, no. No, that is a waste of time. Actually, it is not a waste of time. When you're in this playful state, because of all the health benefits and stuff I told you about, you're going to be more likely to continue to be engaged to, uh, you know, there's all these other things about productivity and stuff like that. No, it's stuff that we need. When you are just being like dull and boring, like then times can be like, oh, it's dragging on. It's just like, seriously? I love that. Egg right. box. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. We'll have to try it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was, oh, oh my God. So I'm normally not good at puns, uh, but this one just came to me. So I have to say it. Like you start to give your eggs name, like egg, egg Vander Holyfield. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The, the other thing I was going to maybe throw out there too is like playing, just playing a board game together, right? Like when yeah. was the last time you went and got out a board game and played a board game together? And, or and a card game. A card just game, a game, just something, right? And what we've, we've really tried to be intentional about doing that. But one thing we've found that's actually really beneficial is finding a cooperative game where Emma and I are on the same team. So like one of the probably best known ones, and we play it a couple of times a week is pandemic. Right. And so we're, we're racing to like beat, beat the diseases in the world. It's a little bit. It's a little bit too real at the moment, but you know, like finding games where you're on the same team. So you, you know, it's fun to have that competitive edge, you know, sometimes against each other, but you know, we can, we're working together to, for a common goal. And I think that there's, there's a real power in that for us. There is. So one fun fact about, I, I, such an intelligent thing that you're playing this game. Um, what play is, especially for kids, play is simulation. You, you know, did anyone ever wonder why, like when we were like young, they gave us things like, oh, our first kitchen or, you know, our, our sort of dish set and this, that, and the other. When we're or playing, tool set. yeah, the tool yeah. set and all that stuff. When we're playing, it, it, it to your brain is like, oh, this is like, you know, it doesn't count. And so you're in this simulation mode. But the cool thing is, your brain is remembering, your brain is training. And there's a lot of science that shows that, um, you know, how we play with things becomes like how we how we do things outside of play. And um, so by giving kids all of these things, they're like teaching them through fun, playful things, how to be normal, you know, you know, people of society. Going back to your thing, play is all about creativity. Play is all about like showing that, oh, yeah, we can work together. So you not even knowing this or playing Pandemic, thinking of all these great – like, again, it's, it's a made-up game. But like to your brain, you're like, oh, yeah, we're great at working on these – uh, high st- stakes environments, you know, sort of situation. So if the pandemic w- were to ever happen, I'm calling you up. I'm like, Hey, what are we doing? What, what are we doing? I'm following you. I'm <laughs> right. following your lead. You played this game. And again, like, um, you know, it's so real. Like, you know, it's, it, it hits close to home, but that's the other thing with play is that play allows us to have like a brief respite to like, sort of like realize that, you know what? Um, there's that, what I call the ant. Like these things can coexist. This can be uber serious and we can also find space to laugh and, and have a m- moment of joy. Yeah. yeah. One of our other favorite games is called Racco, and it's a really simple game, which is nice, if, especially at, if you're tired at night and you're like, well, we just want to, you know, play a couple rounds of something to like have some fun together. And that's a really good game that we've enjoyed too. But definitely not cooperative. No, it's competitive. Definitely get super competitive. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we got to balance out the competitive right. with the cooperative. Otherwise, we're yeah. Yo, so yeah. one thing with that. Uh, so to that point, uh, because this is where when other people, especially adults, think of play, they they have a hard time think of other modalities of play, and they think of like very competitive. And when it comes to competitive, that is one play personality, and when it's kept into check. It's actually great. Competition is not a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when it becomes so competitive that it's not even about the game anymore. It's about winning at all costs. That's not play. That is not play at all. We're out of the zone of play because when you are playing, it's all about 
the activity and it's not necessarily about the results. It's about what we're doing now. And, um, you know, so you can, yeah, you can compete and I love how you're balancing them out. Um, uh, Jane McGonigal, uh, researcher, she has an amazing Ted talk, um, on, on play and games specifically. She wrote this book called reality is broken. Another book called super better about actually making your life a big role playing game. Super amazing book. Uh, but one thing that she found through play is that because when you're in a play-like state, your brain is synchronizing, even if you're competing against each other. So if you have the right sort of environment and you realize, hey, look, yeah, we're competing against each other. But at the end of the day, you know, high five, good game. It's all it's all fun. Um, you will still bond. Um, she did some research where people were playing games like Call of Duty against each other. So, again, you know, you're fighting against each other. There's a winner, there's a loser. Um, however, they, those groups of people who did that, um, had very strong relationships, very strong bonds. And it reminded me of growing up. Um, I played, um, Nintendo, um, and those things, you know, being a kid of the nineties, one of the games that we love to play as groups, um, was, uh, now I'm dating myself, so forgive me. Uh, but uh, 007 GoldenEye. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we used to go and play that like all the time. And again, um, you know, some people were better than others. Um, but and we didn't find that like we like sort of fought like in like at the end. Like, no, man. Like, you know, sometimes we had like little skirmishes. But at the end of the day, it was just all about playing the game. And we had so much fun doing it. That's what it was about. And this group, like we're still really close. You know, we don't spend as much time as we would like, but again, it just shows that again, playing a game, a board game, um, you know, adding that in, um, and in the work that I do, I call that play by design. So by play by its definition should be spontaneous and should be something, you know, that we are just sort of, Oh, we discover and we're playing. However, as adults who need (laughs) to like sort of, work up to it um, is called play by design as in you are designing environments where play can exist and you're creating Mm -hmm. that environment for play uh, for um, silliness and for um, you know, playfulness and and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about translating some of this to like, Hey, we have a long distance relationship. Yeah. That's going to be my question. My my partner lives across the globe perhaps or across the country. Okay. Um, Well, if you like board games um, and your partner lives across the boards, uh, I said across the boards, sorry, across the world, um, it's called um, Game. Uh, I'll find I'll find the name of it, um, but it's digital board games. And during the pandemic, okay. so I'm part of this group where once a month we would play board games in person. But then the pandemic happened, and someone discovered this, and it's a lot of the board games that like you know, some of the complex board games and some of the easy board games, it's all online. We would hop on Zoom so we can see each other. We mm-hmm. would pull it up and we would play these um, uh, these board games together. And it wasn't the same, but it was close. And so that's one way. Um, and if you want to be playful, you, you know, talked about um, like card games. I love having conversation cards. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I believe you know him, uh, Jan Keck from WDS. Yep, yep. yep. We actually bought his um, yep. Ask Deep Questions. Deep, Ask Deep Questions. Yep. So yep. we we use those for a lot of our uh, virtual meet and greets yep. as conversation starters. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yep, fantastic. Resource. So 
that is something that you can do. At the end of the day, the whole point is all about intention. Mm-hmm. And the word that I was thinking of uh, for the is called board game arena. Okay. Dot com. So awesome. We will put a link in the show notes for yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. There's also Jackbox games. Exactly. Yeah. That's well. another one. Yeah. That's more for like groups. I don't think there's a lot that you yeah. can do with two person, but like in board game arena, there's like things like checkers and chess. Like it is like, and I think most of them you can do for free. You don't have to necessarily have a subscription to do it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you oh, could also, I was just say, just thinking about you could build in t- scavenger type hunts as mm-hmm. well uh, in into your relationships and long and, distance or right. even in in person. Yeah, 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 just playing with that. You know, and taking some. I think the creativity here is trying to take some games that you know as a kid and applying them as an adult. Yes, that's a great challenge, um, and I've um, I've given a number of people this challenge of what was a game that you love to play as a kid and how can you adapt it for adult or play it, you know, either, or, so that's one challenge. Another challenge that I've given some people is one person takes a game that they used to play that they love. Another person takes the game that they used to play and love. And how can you mash it up and create a new game? And again, it, it involves creativity. Maybe it's not possible, or maybe because of it, you find something. Again, it's all about discovery. It's all about just allowing yourselves to co-create, to not be perfect. It seems like very sort of like um, it's very messy. Um, and and so one person. So I, as a very playful person myself, um, I. I love giving shout outs to people. And one person that I recently uh, connected with, uh, they live in Canada and uh, their username is the playful warrior. Uh, her uh, first name is Kara. And she does a lot of work with um, inner child healing. So one of the reasons why um, a number of adults have a challenge with play is probably because of some sort of trauma. And so she uses play as a way to heal some of that inner child work, uh, it, heal some of that inner child so that it can work for you. Nonetheless, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. look her up. But one of the things that came to mind was she gives lo- she gives lots and lots of play challenges uh, to people um, for especially couples and groups and stuff like that so that you can you know spice things up. So I just wanted to give a little shout out out there. Yeah, that's amazing. We'll yeah. look that up. And I was actually just just to build on Emma mentioning like a scavenger hunt. I think what could be fun there is like, hey, you know, you send a list of things and you say like, I want a photo of you, you know, with these things, you know, over the next, you know, four or five hours or today, you know, throughout today, here's five, five items find them and take a photo of yourself with them. Then you get to see your partner. You get to like have the like excitement of trying to find this thing and, and you're both doing it then. Right. We can even, you can also apply this to friends and family or anybody that you want to have like that type of build that type of relationship with. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But I like that idea. I I say create those. So like, yeah, that it, it is awesome to, um, sort of spark that creativity and do it. If you don't feel like you're that creative, there is a product out there. It's called the Adventure Challenge. Hmm. Um, and, and the cool thing is that it's a book. 
and there's different okay. flavors of it where like there's one for couples and uh, there's one for like romantic couples and just like sort of dating couples and you scratch it off to find out what your challenge is and then you have to go and do it and it it has different categories like these are things you can do in two hours or these might take a whole day you, again both partners have no idea what's going to happen you scratch it off you go do it and then it, it comes with like a little polaroid camera type thing and then you take a picture doing it now you had mentioned about long distance relationships uh finn um for like you know say this sounds really cool you could buy two books and then each of you can do like a version of it s- separate and then come together and and sure. talk about it and stuff like that. Again, it requires being adaptive. That's what play is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Love adaptive it. and creative. Yeah. Yeah. Being open. Yeah. 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 Is yeah. there <laughs> I, I we could sit here and think of games all day and I would <laughs> I would love I would love to do that. Is there is there any other like burning things that you need to say to like us or to the people listening before we give you a chance to like talk plug your work, plug your work to how people can find you. Cause inevitably there's probably CEOs and the like listening that like, Hey man, we need a little more Gary and a little more fun in our company, like how people can find you, what they can expect. Um, so like, yeah, if there's anything else that you need for us to hear and then plug your work. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to say it again. It, it's worth repeating you're if you're like most people this is probably a little bit uncomfortable however i believe in you i know that it's possible to jump back into your play and to rediscover the things that make you playful and as a result be able to connect on a deeper level with everyone not just your romantic partners you know your your family and your coworkers and things like that it is going to require you to be a little bit rebellious because there's going to be part of you that is going to say, no, we need to stay safe. This is not safe. Don't do it. And I'm here to tell you, yes, you should, but you need to rebel against yourself um, so that you can get that playback. Um, Because on the, uh, you know, there's this meme that says like, it's a circle and it says, you know, uh, your comfort zone. And then there's a dot outside of it. And it's like where all the magic happens. Seriously, mm-hmm. that's where all yeah. the magic happens. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to do it like, um, you know, all out 110% do it small. <laughs> if you do, yeah. if you take a small playful step, maybe it's one thing that you heard here, um, take a small playful step and take another step and take another step. Yeah. And before you know it, you're going to look back, and you're gonna like, wow! Look at me. I'm actually more playful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's it. So I'm just just to prod one more, pro- poke one Please. more question at poke you. It. Keep poking. When we. I'm ticklish think, though, so be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us, if not all of us, right? Like you talked about, like you know, the games kids play, right? And they make these games up all the time. So I think innately we're all like born playful and then like society like vacuums it out of us and we're sort of left with this like oh that's a really void void of right? like, yeah, dark like, analogy <laughs> but yeah it's, it's pretty pretty spot on yeah, though, it, I think. Is, it, it is it is so when you when you jumped back in and you went to that first improv class or course you know it was you said about 10 years ago like how long did it take for you to like 
come, I don't know, come alive again? Like, or did you walk in first day and you're like, Hey, this is easy. I'm, I've just been like hiding this the whole time and it, it's ready to go. Or were you like, was it a slow process for you coming back to it? It was, it was a slow process, but I think instead of vacuuming, let's use this word dehydrating. There you go. Oh, so yeah. like, you know, we, we get dehydrated. All the plague gets sucked out of us. Like, you know, like all the juices and stuff get sucked back out of us. And then I was dipped into play through improv and I got a sense of like, Ooh, because again, play is inherently pleasurable. It's going to feel good. You're going to like it and you're going to want more of it. And then when I got home, my wife thought I was drunk. I'm so serious. Like I went to this class. She thought I was drunk. I wasn't like, I was not drunk. I did not have a drink before. I, I was nervous. I, considered it but i didn't um but then i went to work and for like that week it was awesome and then i started to miss it and because i had i'm so glad i had it on the schedule because then it started to go that's why i tell everyone start doing it over and over again so that you can keep it going because i and again i've been doing this for a hot minute i still have moments when I forget that play is something that I should do quite frequently. Like, especially when I find myself in a like uh, ongoing stressful situation where it's been prolonged and it's been going on, I don't know, like a global pandemic, you know, I, I forget. <laughs> um, and so that's one of the things that, you know, to that point, I like to say, you know, who are you, who's in your squad? Who are your playmates that know that you want to be playful and that can give you little play missions little play challenges to help hydrate you back again. I think we're onto something with this hydration thing, but yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's, that's what it is because we're going again, we're going to go back to it. Like it's just how it is because our default state as what I like to say, it should be playful. It's not, it's, it's anxiety. Uh, and so sometimes we need those little pokes. Yeah. Well, okay. and I think that's a great point. And sorry, I talked over you, Emma. Like the you said in there, like I'm glad it was on the calendar. I'm glad it was scheduled because I would have forgot. And I just wanted to throw that out there. Is like scheduling time to play and to have fun with your partner or your friends. Like that doesn't take the fun out of it. So like schedule that shit. Put it on there. Make it Especially a repeating calendar to, event to do that in the beginning. Yes, yeah. you will. You will need to do it in the beginning. Uh, you're absolutely correct, uh, and you have something to look forward to. It's on the calendar. Right. And that's yeah. ex- actually the exact point I was going to make, too. Sorry. You want to say it, and I'll, I'll edit it back no, in so it sounds good. like you came up with it? <laughs> it's all good. It was your idea. <laughs> right. It it's all mine. We're so <laughs> synchronized because of all the pandemic we play together. Exactly. <laughs> Group mind here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, thank you, Gary, for this whole conversation. And it's just, it's been amazing to talk to you and get this out there. Uh we would love for you to t- plug your work and where tell us where people can find you. Yes. So um, if this was somewhat interesting and you're like, wow, I, I want to learn a little bit more about play or, you know, how I can you know use this myself or with teams, come over to breakthroughplay.com. That's my site. Um, and depending on when this goes live, uh, there might be a, uh, information about a book that I am writing uh, called uh, The Playful Rebellion. Um, and it's all about maximizing your work through the power of play. Um, because, yeah, we we have to start a rebellion, a playful rebellion, so that we can all be more playful. So, yeah, you can find all of that on my website. And, and uh, yeah, reach out to me on all the socials at Gary Ware. I'm happy to answer any questions. 
give you some tips. That's what I do. Yeah. Awesome. When does the book come out? This will probably publish in April. So we'll... When does the book launch? Oh, the book will be almost launched by then. I'm working on some, some, I haven't said, it's going to be in either late April or May. Perfect. Perfect. Well, either way, when it launches, links will be retroactively plugged into the show notes and awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Go out and play. Perfect. (laughs) And if you can, and if you can find yourself a ticket to WDS 2022, Highly recommend it. Which but is the World the, Domination Summit. The World Domination Summit. Hard to come by, but if you can get one, I'll be there for it. So I'll be there. We'll, we'll be there. It is in June of June, this year. June of this year. June of this so, year. The last one. The right. last one. Right. So Emma and I will be volunteering because that's how we roll. Yeah. We're excited. We can't wait. Anyway, thank you again, Gary. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you in June. Yeah. See you in June. And we're back. A huge thank you to Gary for coming on the show and for all of the amazing information and conversation that we had with you. We love the work that you're doing and we're so happy to promote it. So a reminder, go check out his website, breakthroughplay.com. Links are in the show notes and uh, support his work. It's amazing. Yeah, I will say if you get a chance to hang out with Gary in person, uh, you will leave feeling happier, lighter, and more connected. We did an in-person event with him uh, just a couple of weeks ago in San Diego. It was a small group, but I think, honestly, like the bonds we formed with those people at that group, like, yeah, we've become friends. And that's amazing that you can do that in such a short period of time. And so that is the power of play. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Uh, yeah, nailed it. A quick reminder. That seems sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nailed it. You really it nailed it. It wasn't supposed to be sarcastic. Anyway, a quick reminder that we do have virtual trivia tonight. That's April 22nd. And a virtual meet and greet tomorrow night. That's April 23rd. Please come join us. We'd love to meet you and have some fun with everyone. Meet you um, and greet you. Yeah. <laughs> the requirements are for you to be open-minded and respectful. Also, if you missed the events this weekend, don't worry. We will have more in the future. So come back and check it out. All the information is on our website, normalizingnomenogamy.com. And we, again, would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your feedback. If you're interested in coming on the podcast to share your story, or you even want to just send us like how you have introduced play into your relationship. We would love to hear that. So head over again to our website, send us an email, send us a voicemail. Uh, We would love that. And we will respond because that's what we do because it's fun for us. It is. (laughs) All right. Next week we've got, I should should have responded a little more to that. No, it is so fun for us. We do love all your emails. That should not be underestimated. We love getting emails. We love responding and we love connecting with all of you. Trying to make up. I am. Trying to make it up to them. I was not clear in my response to what you're saying. Next week, we have a regularly scheduled Wednesday interview with Miche, and we are super excited about that one. It is a fantastic conversation, so you do not want to miss out on that. We will see you then. Actually, we'll see you tonight, and we'll see you tomorrow night, and then we'll see you Wednesday. Yes. All right. I think that's it. That's it. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.